Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. Here's what I want to do this morning. Obviously, it's Thanksgiving, and so, surprise, surprise, I'm going to talk on Thanksgiving. But here's what I want you to do. They kind of stole my thunder because the worship team had you do this. But I want you to turn to your neighbor, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell them one thing you're thankful for, but hold on. I realize I'm talking to church people. I want you to say something other than Jesus Holy Spirit, God, because somebody tricked me on that when I said, don't say Jesus. They said Holy Spirit right away. I'm like, funny. So not the Trinity and not your salvation. I want you to think about your life and just say something that you're thankful for. Go ahead. Turn to your neighbor. Tell them something you're thankful for. I say this every time, but I honestly feel we should do this every service because every one of you are smiling now. Every one of you are smiling. Not that you weren't before. The lights are off, but no, you you weren't. You weren't smiling. And so there's things in our lives that we need to be thankful for. I'm thankful for my family. I have incredible children and an amazing wife, and she's not even in here to hear that. Because if you attend here regularly, you know sometimes I take cheap shots. But they're good ones. They're funny. But she is an amazing wife, and I'm thankful for my family. And as we talk about things that we're thankful for, it does bring smiles to our faces. Do you realize the more gratitude we show, the more excitement we show for what we have, the, more, the happier we are? And then there's times in our lives where things happen that bring encouragement that you weren't even expecting. Anybody have something happen that you're thankful for that you just weren't expecting? Anybody? Some of you need to have more excitement in your life. But there's things that happen that you don't catch on. Like last night, I was sitting at home, and I was just going over my sermon, getting ready, and somebody texted me last night and told me about something that I did not know happened, and I was so thankful. Can we go to the next slide? I'll be honest. I haven't followed hockey at all because Ottawa's just been embarrassing. And so I'm just embarrassed, and I'm like, they text me, and they're like, so how's the Senators doing? And I'm like... Dude, I haven't even been watching since the offseason. How bad are we losing? And he texted me and said, they just beat the Leafs 5-3. to three. Like, Oh, Jesus, you were so awesome. Because <laughs> how many people know that if I got up here and it was the other way around, like, it would just be embarrassing. I wouldn't be able to talk about hockey. It just way we go, right? But this here is just Jesus showing how awesome he is. <laughs> if you're new to the church, I am a Senators fan. It's been quite embarrassing the last little while. I'll be honest, I expect that this is the only game we're going to win. But I will be happy if the only games we win are against the Leafs. I'll be truly transparent. It'll be like a year of Thanksgiving if we only win that many games, but we just beat the Leafs. I'll be happy. It's okay. We pray for everybody. Truthfully, how many people know that if we were more thankful, how great our lives would be? How many people know that when you're around friends and it's just constant complaining, it gets tiring, right? 
If you don't have a friend that's always complaining, you might be the friend. (laughs) But our hearts are supposed to be hearts of gratitude. We're supposed to be thankful. We're supposed to be happy. Psalms 100 says this, starting at verse 1. It says, Shout to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give, him thank, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Do we worship the Lord with gladness? Do you worship him with gladness? When you come into the church, do you worship him with gladness? Do you come before him with joyful songs? Do we worship him with gladness? Do you, when you come in, can I tell you, one of the reasons I love having you share with each other what you're thankful for is because most times that's the only time you smile. When we worship the Lord, he's the Lord who sent his only son to die for you. Everything we have in our lives is from him. And we worship him sometimes with this look on our face that we're depressed and we're sad and it's like everything's gone wrong. Now, I'm not saying that everything in your life is going to be great if you accept Jesus. But there is a joy about walking with him. There is an excitement about being with him. Do you know that gladness, I looked up some sentiments for all these words, and gladness means happiness, joy, Cheerfulness, delight, pleasure, contentment. Are you content in your life with Jesus? Now see, I always encourage people to go deeper, go after more of God. But are you happy with your life with Jesus? When you worship, is there joy? Cheerfulness. Do we sing joyful songs? Are you thrilled and pleased and happy and delighted? Elated? Are you excited when you worship the Lord? See, some of us see people dancing and jumping. We see the kids and we're like, oh, that's great for them. When you get older, you'll get a face like this and be miserable as you worship the Lord. I'm not saying you're miserable. Understand me. But what do the kids see? Do the kids see you smiling as you worship the Lord or does it look painful? When I see the kids dancing around, I'm excited. And you know what I pray? You know why I love them dancing around at the front? They don't see how many people behind them aren't. If you want to worship the Lord more joyful, can I tell you a secret? Sit closer to the front. It's not because the front is more spiritual, but it's because the people in front of you are worshiping. How many people know that if you're at the back of a room and you only see one or two hands raised, you're kind of like, oh, I'm not going to raise my hands. But if all of a sudden you're at the back of the room and you see everybody's hands raised, how many people know you're a little bit more, yeah, I want to worship the Lord. I'm going to enter in. If you want to take your worship to another level, I encourage you, move forward. I already know we forced some of you to move forward already today. And thank you for just being flexible as we walk through this season. I believe... 
that great things are happening. I believe that God is doing awesome things. But we have to be excited. There's excitement coming. And it's actually already here in my mind. Do you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise? When you walk through the door, are you thankful? That's why the first few songs are kind of energetic, because they're praise songs. We're supposed to praise him with admiration, approval, applause. Do you know that praise, actually, another word for it, is recommendation? When you praise something, you're recommending it. When you praise the Lord, you're recommending to everybody else, this is who you should be with. You should walk with the Lord. I recommend to you that you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. I recommend that this is the best thing for your life. I recommend that he will change your life. How many people know that if I went to take a bite of something, you guys, if you were here a couple weeks ago when I barbecued the steak, I took a bite of baby food, and you immediately could tell by my facial expression that I did not recommend that. Does our facial expressions recommend to people to worship the Lord, to enter into a relationship with him? I'm sorry, this mic is driving me crazy this morning. I still remember, I quoted him before, and I'll quote Steve Frittick again, and I love his, just his thing, is, is when you're in church, when you're out with your friends, when you're out with your neighbors, if you're excited to worship the Lord, I love his expression, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. See, Melissa has to remind me all the time Because inside, I can be super excited, but outside, I'm just kind of like this. And so she'll have to remind me once in a while, they don't think you like the present because you're actually not excited. Like, oh, I love it. You need to tell them. I remember, I told this story before, but when Pastor Charles, um, when we were going through the interview process and we came to see the service one time and just be a part of it to feel the spirit of God in the place, and we went out for lunch and we told him, that we would accept the position and become uh, pastors here at this church, I remember sitting across from him that he asked me two times after I said we would accept the position, he said, are you sure? (laughs) And so I was actually trying to figure out, like, did he still want me to come? I'm confused. (laughs) And so he asked me a second time, like, are you sure? And then he got up to go get more food, and Melissa leaned over, and she goes, Chad, he is like me. We are expressive. He doesn't think you actually want the job. And so he came and sat back down. I was like, oh, I need to explain to you. Like, I don't, I'm not outwardly, like, crazy and excited. And, and I said, so I'm thrilled to come. I'm very excited to come. So I'll use words to tell you how excited I am. But inside, I'm just kind of chill. And I can go to sports games. And, like, when I saw the score, I honestly didn't jump off my couch. I was just kind of like, yes. That's my excitement. But there's a part of us, when we come to worship the Lord, if you see me dancing, if you see me excited before the Lord... It's because inside of me, I understand that God is greater than the senators. He's more important than a game. He's more important than anything else in my life. And if I'm going to get excited about something, it's Jesus. What are you excited about? What makes you excited? Because Jesus should be the next level. Faithfulness. His faithfulness continues through all generations. 
Do you know that what he has done before, he will do again and even greater? Maybe you don't. I do. That what he has done before, he will do it again, and he will do even greater things. Do you know that Peter, he used to walk and his shadow would heal people? Do you know that I believe that will happen again? I believe that what happened in the Bible will happen again in even greater things because Jesus said, even greater things you will do. Do you know when he said you, he meant you? Do you believe that? Do you believe that when the Bible talks about you doing greater things, it wasn't the person beside you, it was you? Now, they can do it too. Let's not get picky. But he's talking to you. Greater things you will do. 2 Chronicles 29, 13 says this, Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Man, you don't have to be on social media long today to find out the negativity in our world. Do you know that when you talk positively, people know there's something different about you? When you just take a positive slant on something, Do you know if somebody says something and you can take it one of two ways and you just decide to take it the good way that's different in today's society? Because if I can take it that you're criticizing me or you're maybe saying something actually just complimentary, it can actually go that far. You'll be like, oh, I'm so insulted. But what if we just started taking the other way? Can you imagine how your life would be if you were grateful all the time, if you were thankful all the time? Society always wants more, which leads to every one of us wanting more. But what if we got to a point where we had a thankful heart, and it, through the thankful heart, it shifts our mindset? Do you know that the enemy entered our world? The sin in the garden started with not being thankful. The enemy took all that they had, and shoved it aside because of one thing they couldn't have. Are you distracted by the one thing that somebody else might have? And forget of all the other things that you have? All the things that God has blessed you with? All the things that he has for you and he's given you? Are you distracted by the one? Dr. Lisa Rankin, she writes this in an article. She says, the scientific evidence is conclusive. When it comes to mood, outlook, and health, Happy people live up to 10 years longer than unhappy people. The optimists have 77% lower risk of heart disease than the pessimists. That should include, that just right there should motivate you to be more optimistic. I'm not even talking a biblical principle. Even though the Bible always talks about us being thankful, do you know that science is catching up to the Bible? Science is catching up. If you are more positive, more optimistic, you have 77% less chance of heart disease. You live 10 years longer. I'm not going to try to pronounce this lady's name, but she wrote an article on the how of happiness. And she teaches us that how 50% of our propensity for happiness is based on a genetic set point. Something we can't influence very much. It's not that we can't, we just can't very much. 
10% is based on life circumstances, such as getting a promotion, finding the one, or the achievement of the creative dream, and so forth. 40% is the intentional activity that we can influence with our behavior. Do you know what that means? That means that we can be up to 40% happier in our lives without changing our circumstances one bit. You can be 40% happier without anything changing in your life. Just the key is intentional activities that practice is the practice of gratitude. Just being thankful. By being thankful, you can be 40% happier in your life. How many people here would like to be 40% happier in their life? Right? I don't know about you. 40% happier. I know that's technically not a passing grade, but if you add the 10% in, and honestly, as much as they say 50%, it's hard to influence. It's not that you can't. Ah, I want to lose the jacket. This mic is killing me. 40% of my life can shift by me making a choice. By making a choice. How many times do we tell our kids when we give them something? They ask for a snack, and you're like, here, you can have one cookie. And they're like, can I have two? Oh, you want none? Right? We're trying to teach them gratitude. How many times does God go, here you go, and we go, what about that? Gratitude. God, I am so thankful for the house that I live in. I am so thankful for the cars that I own, they may not be pretty, but they get me from point A to point B. And Lord, just thank you. Lord, I thank you that I woke up this morning and I can breathe. I thank you that I can function with all of my limbs. Lord, I'm thankful that I can see, that I can hear, that I can think clearly. Opinions there. But I can change my circumstances, by the choices I make. Simply choosing, choosing. Psalms 51, 10 says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Do you realize that no matter what's happening in your life, if you have the Holy Spirit's presence with you, you'll make it through. You'll make it through. You'll make it through. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that the sinners will turn back to you. I find it interesting that verse 13 comes after verse 12. I know numbers-wise it makes sense, 13 comes after 12. But I find it shocking that it says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Then it says, I'll teach transgressors that sinners will turn back to you. A joyful heart people want. A joyful heart they'll be drawn to. In our world today, people are seeking happiness. Isn't that the whole thing today? Do whatever makes you happy. Find what makes you happy. 
and we're just going down a gutter. But what if as believers, we were happy? And we showed the world all the great things. I understand that many of us are happy, but do we share the happiness? Do we understand the joy of our salvation? See, I truly remember who I was before Jesus Christ. And I know what a transgressor is because it was me. And so there's joy in my heart when I think of my salvation. Because I know the gutter that I was in. And so I'm excited when I get a chance to worship the Lord. Do you know there's places where people are still dying because they're worshiping the Lord? I know we can look at our society and go, well, things are rocky. There are worse places. There are worse places. Do you know in your own life, you can see it from a negative point of view, and then the moment you talk to somebody else and hear their story, it's not that you're like, wow, glad I'm not them. It's not that. But you understand and begin to realize that other people have it worse than you do. There's joy in our lives. We need to return to the joy of our salvation. And remember, joy doesn't mean easy. I'm not standing up here. If you're new to church, I'm not telling you that when you accept Jesus Christ that your life will be simple and easy. I'm not telling you that. It gets hard. There's hard parts in our lives with that. 2 Corinthians, Paul actually writes this. First, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received. In all our troubles. See, this is a promise we don't write down and stick on our mirror. But the Bible tells us in all our troubles, we will have troubles and you've done nothing wrong. It's just our world. We have trouble. But the amazing thing is, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, comforts us. So if you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're like, well, Chad, if you're going to have trouble and I have trouble, why would I ever do this? When we have trouble, we have somebody who comforts us and walks us through it, who knows more than we do, who can shift atmospheres, can shift things that we don't even see. That's the comfort I have. A God that sees what I can't see, that moves in ways that I can't move. A powerful God that will intervene and change lives. Second Chronicles, reading down farther, when David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord our, your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of our fathers. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before the Lord and the King. The last couple of weeks, something that keeps coming up. I've been at different services, I've been in different places, and, and the same thing keeps coming up. And this is the only reason this verse is in here. It says, they bowed down. Last few places I've been, they've had us bow before we pray and before we worship in certain times, and I wasn't at another denominational church, don't worry. It wouldn't be a bad thing anyway, but anyway. But I think there's come a time where we don't bow before the Lord. We don't kneel before the Father. Do you know that when I automatically kneel down to pray, it reminds me who I serve? The moment I kneel down, it reminds me that I serve a king. It reminds me that the king of the universe, the lord of the universe, 
is the one that wants to have a relationship with me. I think there's times in our lives where we need to take this position, where we kneel before the Lord. Some of you might say, well, Chad, I got bad bad knees. Put a pillow down. Lay flat down then. It says prostrate themselves. They lay flat down with their face on the ground, worshiping the Lord. Do you know that so many times we talk about getting to heaven and having all these questions? Do you know when the Bible says when they saw Jesus, when they saw an angel, when the Spirit of the Lord came, they fell flat on their faces? There's times in our lives where I believe we forget who we serve. We forget who lives in us. We forget the power of that relationship. The God of the universe created everything, just spoke it into being. He sent his son, John 3.16. He sent his son, that whosoever, God so loved the world, he gave his son, that the one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. It's a verse that we read. It's a sign that people hold up. But do you remember? Do you remember? He loved you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for us. He didn't condemn us. He sent his son to die for us. That's who lives in us. That's why there's joy in my life. I don't know about you, but the fact that he sent his son to die for me, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's unbelievable to me. And see, here's the thing that we miss. We're supposed to share that message. We're supposed to tell people that Jesus came, born of a virgin, lived a life, did miracles, did all these great things, and you know who didn't recognize him was the church, the religious people. They didn't realize it was him. Lord forbid that your spirit will move in this room, in this building, in our lives, and we don't know it's you. Help us to take the blinders off our eyes that, Holy Spirit, we do not say this is the way you will move, but we are open to whichever way you come because nobody expected the king of kings to come in a manger. Forgive us, Father, the times that we saw a kingdom, a throne, and not a manger. Lord, let us open our hearts and our minds to the way that you want to move. Matthew 10, 7 says this, As you go, proclaim this message. The king of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons freely. Mm, you have received freely, give. Do you know your salvation didn't cost you anything? And you're supposed to give it away. You're supposed to share it with others. Tell others about Jesus. Are we thankful for our salvation? Are you thankful today for your freedom, for the love of Jesus? And are you thankful that the love of Jesus gives us purpose? Gives you purpose. 
So many people in the world today are searching for purpose in their lives. You have purpose. Jesus lives in you, so you're supposed to go and share the gospel. That's your purpose. That is why you're here. That is what God has asked you to do. I don't know about you, but I love watching God change people's lives. I love walking with people and see little changes as God just molds them. See, that's the nice thing about Jesus. The way he comes into my life and the way he works with me is a lot of times he uses sandpaper. Once in a while, a little chisel, rarely a jackhammer. But he loves us. And he just comes in and he just says, Zach, you're doing great, but just let's, let's sand this part right here. And it might hurt a little bit. But then when it starts to smooth up, you're like, oh, that feels good. I feel a difference. There's more joy in my life. If you want joy in your life, it's just a practice of gratitude and who God is, who he is in your life. And remember all the blessings he's given you. Colossians 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Just remember, he's talking to the church here. If any of us have grievance with one another, we need to forgive one another. Just the same way that Jesus Christ forgave us. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since all members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. I don't know about you, but the more I practice this, the more I'm thankful, the more peace is in my life. Today and every day, be thankful. I'm going to tell you a couple little things that I do, and it's just, I've started this in the last little while because I'll be honest, I can be a little bit negative and critical. And so before I go to bed, I, lay into, I get into bed and I lay down. Before I go to sleep, I always pray and thank God, and I rhyme stuff off. I don't ask him for anything. I thank him. Thank him for everything. And I make sure I thank him for my wife. I brag on her as I pray. And men, can I tell you something? It shifted my heart. Because when you begin to be thankful for everything, you don't see the negative. Do you realize we see what we magnify? We see what we magnify. I begin to thank the Lord for my kids. I thank the Lord for my job. I thank the Lord for my house. I thank the Lord for everything. 
And I've been accused the last couple of weeks for something that I've never been accused for before in my life. And I'm not bragging on myself. I'm telling you the shift that's happening in my own heart. I've been accused of being an optimist. Honestly, never before in my life. And all I've done is be thankful before I go to bed. I encourage you, in the morning and at night, double up. I'm going to. Before you start your day, write down five things you're thankful for. And before you go to bed, write down five more things you're thankful for. And watch how you walk out of your house. Or You know what? I would do it before you even get out of bed. Because as soon as your feet hurt the floor, how many people know your feet could hit the floor and be like, ooh, that floor's cold. Before you even get up, what are you thankful for? When you lay into bed, what are you thankful for? And watch your heart change. Watch your smile change. I believe I can do anything. Through Christ, don't get me wrong. I Trust me, I know who I am without Jesus. But in Christ with gratitude and a peaceful heart. You will be encouraged to share him with people because you're excited about what lives in you. Scripture tells us, be thankful, have peace in your heart, and be thankful. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus, you've never asked Jesus in your heart and into your life, start today. Receive the joy of salvation. For those who have served Jesus for years, ask him, just as David did. Bring back the joy of my salvation. The joy of my salvation. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that you've done in my life. And Lord, as we step into this new season, I pray for everyone in this room that Lord, today is Thanksgiving. I pray that today they start a life of gratitude. That, Lord, we always are saying thankful for everything that you've given us. Even in the hard moments, Father, there are things that we can be thankful for. Simply that we had shoes to put on. That we had a a coat to put on. That, Father, we were able to wake up. And so, Lord, I pray that you begin to show us all the things that we are thankful for. And as we do that, your joy of the salvation will come back to us. And we will draw people into a relationship with you because they see something that they are missing. And so, Father, as we go, protect us and keep us. Let us be a light for you. And, Father, I just pray that you just use us to lead people to you and stir up our hearts, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 